The Zaddy Zone, welcome to the Zaddy Zone, Zaddy Zone, welcome to the Zaddy Zone. Hello, my name is Luke Cook and welcome to this first lone episode of the Zaddy Zone. I love talking to myself and I felt like, well, what a productive way to do it if I record myself talking to myself and then put it out for you to hear. Don't worry, these aren't meaningless, meandering ramblings. There's a structure to this. I even did this yesterday and I didn't like it, so I thought I'd record it again today. Uh, So 2023, off with a bang. I am now a father of two. I have Chappie, who's about two years old, and I have Ozzy, who's about two and a half months old. And I think the thing about parenting that blows me away is the way that it really shows you off as the true asshole that you are. You know, I knew I was an asshole because, you know, we we all have those moments in the car, road raging, and you're like, wow, I am unhinged and I am a problem to society. And then you have a baby. And look, I'll just put this question out there. Have you ever sworn at a two-month-old? It's, a, it's an experience to see yourself that way and to realize, wow, this is who you are, swearing at a two-month-old. So me and Ozzy, we have this game. It's really a fun, it's his game. I don't enjoy it. It's not, I don't actually want to be playing the game. So the game is that I put the dummy in his mouth and he's happy. He goes to sleep, then he spits it out and then he's unhappy and he lets me know about it by screaming. And then I put the dummy in again and, and, and he's happy. And then he spits it out and he's unhappy. And then I put the dummy in again and he's happy. And then he spits it out and he's screaming because he's unhappy. So the other day we're playing this game. We did, about t- we did the thing about 10 times until eventually I put the dummy back in his mouth and I just go, would you just keep the fucking thing in there, please? And you kind of realize like, wow. And no one was around, thank goodness. But I was like, wow, that's who you really are, Luke. Swearing at a two-month-old. But it really does awaken a lot of things in you, I think. Uh, not only does it awaken the asshole in you, it also awakens anxiety. And there's good anxiety and bad anxiety that comes with it. In fact, a woman's brain literally changes shape after she gives birth. This is an actual thing. But I think that I've, uh, my brain has changed shape too. I have become highly anxious. So there's good anxiety and bad anxiety that comes with it. Good anxiety would be... If there's a hot cup of coffee on the coffee table and Chaplin is tearing around, crawling around, whatever, I move the cup of coffee. That's good foresight. That's good anxiety. Anxiety is like an alarm, right? It's letting you know something's wrong or something could go wrong. And then there's bad anxiety. So when I go to sleep at night, you know, I get into bed and the the boys are near me and it's just silence. And you're like, wow, they're asleep. Isn't that great? But then the bad anxiety goes off and you go, but what if they're dead? Which is stupid, right? Because silence equals they're dead. That's dumb. But then here's the worst bit. Here's the asshole coming back again. I say to myself, well, if they are dead, there's nothing you can do about it now. May as well just get a good night's sleep and deal with it in the morning. So there's some truth. Um... I don't know how many how many hours of raw parenting podcasts you've listened to, but have they ever gone there? I think I just did it in five minutes. I'll save you some time. People are terrible, and when they parent, they realize how terrible they really are. You know, I look at Aussie and I think, wow, we are simple creatures. It's quite simple. 
with babies, you, and it's very obviously simple. They just need to feed, shit, and sleep. And if they can do those things, they are all good. And I don't know where things got so complicated for the rest of us. For babies, it's very simple, and obviously so. And for the rest of us, it's kind of like, what? When did everything get so crazy? Like, you remember when you went to, like, first grade of English class, and they're like, hey, this is a verb. And it's like, what? I did not need to know that. Yeah, well, this is an adjective. I, again, did not need to know that. You go to math class, like, this is a square. I didn't need to know. If I make this with my hand, everybody knows what I'm talking about. We don't need to know all this stuff. You're complicating things. You know, and as life goes on, you go into algebra and you get into taxes, and it's like, what? We had this incredible chance and opportunity to live without all this nonsense, this complicated claptrap. Life could have been easy. We could have been eating and shitting and sleeping. But you chose to bring taxes into it. It's like we're living in a nerd's paradise. You know, and I think I really am jealous of the way Ozzy lives his life. He's nailed it. Straight out of the womb. He just gets it. You know, he, he, I want that life. I want to feed. I want to shit. And I want to sleep. I want to feed on a succulent titty a milky titty and then whilst i'm doing so i shit myself and then fall asleep i'm changed and put to bed where i sleep for three hours until i then cry and we do it all again tell me that doesn't sound good that is my goal i want to be fed from the titty I want to shit while on the titty and then I want to go to sleep and I want to repeat that for eternity. Sounds good, right? Well, you can't do it unless you have lots of money. So that's the goal for 2023, bitch. I'm just money. Money bags McGee. That's my goal. So with 2023, a new year comes all these resolutions, right? And all these self-help resolutions and goals and we live in a hustle society. Everyone's talking about goals and getting it. Got to get my goals, bro. Got to get my, bro. I got to get my goals, bro. Well, I don't know if you've ever listened to a podcast about goals where the person just opens up and openly tells you that they didn't achieve their goals, but that's what we're going to do today. So don't worry. I'm not going to tell you to write out any goals. If you're not a goal person, you may well enjoy this. But in 2021, I had a whiteboard. It's right here. See how it's kind of rubbed off? Definitely from 2021. And I wrote out, and I wrote out um, my goals. And on the left-hand side, I wrote my career goals. And on the right-hand side, I wrote my personal goals. And I wanted to read them to you today because I think it's kind of interesting slash funny. 2021, a series regular role on TV by the end of the year didn't happen. Or a movie role didn't happen. Plates, a TV show I was writing, is going to get picked up for a second season. Never saw the first season. Never saw the pilot. Find legitimate production company for the movie I wrote. Didn't find one. Didn't find one. And I think on the right-hand side, I've got, here's my personal goals for 2021. Stay hungry for wisdom. Guess what? I did it. Stay grateful. I stayed grateful. Keep in constant prayer. I stayed in constant prayer. With chaplain, be present. 
I was pretty present. I could have been more present, but we're working on it. With Kara, B-K-G-F, which means kind, gentle, and faithful. I think I did pretty well at those. I, I think I could be more kind in 2023, but again, we're working on it. For some reason, I put money on this on this side, personal side, but I wrote money, make $200,000. <laughs> that's funny because I did not make anywhere near $200,000 that year. But that's that's funny, right? And I just want to point out something interesting to you because when I, I, I talked about this on my Instagram at some point last year, people were like, I don't ever write out personal goals. And I'm like, well, you should because, well, what if that's the only thing that goes right for you that year? So may as well take the win. But I do think it's a good idea to write out who you want to be and personally what you want to be so that you know what to aim for for yourself. I think it's super helpful to do. Don't just write out career goals. And we're going to go into that a little bit right now because at the end, I'll show you the whiteboard once more if you're watching this. It's not that interesting if you're not watching it, don't worry. But um, I wrote out three lessons here. I also wrote out five years, be an established actor, writer, and producer. Yet to be seen. Not sure about that one. We'll see. Um, Yes, anyway, I've written out some um, lessons here that I wanted to read out to you and explain a little bit. So, the first lesson I've written is life is a gift given. Now, these are lessons that I wrote on my board for me. If you relate to them, great. If you don't, it's okay. You can just ignore. But um, this is the first lesson. Life is a gift given. So what does that mean? Given, meaning it's come from somewhere. It's come from God. And what's a gift? Well, when we say someone is gifted, what we're saying is that they have an amazing ability And we're probably saying that, you know, especially when we talk about children, they're gifted, right? These kids who can play the piano out of nowhere or that they they could just pick up a language really easily. And what we're saying is they've been given the gift. A gift is something that's given. That's, That's actually how gifts work. And so when we're talking about people who are gifted... That's what we mean. They, they haven't had to work for it. It's just come to them. For instance, if I was to look at myself personally, my gift is that I'm an entertainer. I'm not a natural actor, but I'm a natural entertainer. That's my gift. And then when we talk about someone who is gifted, to waste that gift is a real shame. So when I say life is a gift given, I mean I refuse to waste it. I'm going to have as much fun work as hard as I possibly can and feel all that there is to feel in this life. To feel as deeply and as truly as humanly possible. That's my lesson and my goal. In the words of Thoreau, if you've ever seen Dead Poet Society, then you've probably heard these words. I went to the woods because I wished to live deliberately, to front only the essential facts of life and see if I could not learn what it had to teach and not when I came to die discover that I had not lived. I did not wish to live what was not life. Living is so dear. Nor did I wish to practice resignation unless it was quite necessary. I wanted to live deep and suck out all of the marrow of life. To live so sturdily and Spartan-like as to put to rout all that was not life, to cut a broad swathe and shave close, 
to drive life into a corner and to reduce it to its lowest forms. Damn, Thoreau, you sexy bitch. Next lesson. (laughs) Career is not your worth. Now, this is something that I always fight with and I always have to remind myself of. It's a great lesson for me personally because I always think of uh, career as my worth almost think of my career as my life. It's like when you meet somebody and the first thing you ask about them is what do you do for work? I think that's a fair enough question. Some people don't like that because I feel so closely connected to what I do that I feel like it is my worth. Now that we all know in society, people who are amazing at their jobs, um, particularly famous people, they get so much recognition and love from society when they're successful. People with incredible careers, though, are just as sad as us. I mean, if not more sad. And when they die, they don't get to take it with them. Now, this is interesting because it crosses over like we want societal recognition. But it's interesting when you're a provider, too. Maybe you provide for your family. So you can think of career is not your worth and also being a provider is not your worth either. So my worth is based off one of two things, how society views me or it's based on my ability to provide for my family. And the lesson here is that my worth is based actually on neither of those things. The lesson is career is not your worth. It's a reminder that I am 100% worthy of love despite my achievements or lack thereof. My worth is based on the fact that I exist So I look at my son, Ozzy, just to illustrate this. I look at my son, Ozzy, and me and Kara would do anything to keep him alive. We love him. We believe he is 100% worthy of love. And yet, what does he bring to us? (laughs) What, What product has he given us? What monetary value has he brought to us? If anything, he gets in the way of production and he takes away money and sleep. He has this incredible gift to do all of those things. Um, And yet, he is 100% worthy of love. And so I encourage you, if you struggle with your self-worth, as I often do, to think of yourself as a child, to think of yourself as a baby or as a five-year-old, that little five-year-old who used to tear around being mischievous, curious about everything, providing nothing, providing no monetary worth, and yet 100% worthy of love. It's interesting that we understand this about babies completely. We all know how worthy they are of love, yet for ourselves, we think we have to bring and provide something in order to be worthy of love. So that's a lesson I like to remind myself of, that I am neither my career nor my job as a provider. And failure at either of those things does not mean I am a failure and no longer worthy of love. Next lesson, worship your creator, not the created. This is a Christian one, and don't worry, I am a Christian, but I am not going to preach to you. I can feel you reaching to press stop on this podcast. Don't. I just want to go through what this lesson means to me. It's written on my whiteboard. I was never intending in 2021 when I wrote it down to tell you all about it, but I felt the need to share, so I will. So the question is, well, the the lesson is worship your creator, not the created. 
So the question is, what do you worship? What is your God? What is your North Star? All three of those questions mean the same thing. Worship means to embody the highest admiration of. So if you worship money, then you embody the highest admiration of money. That's an easy uh, picture to think about what people look like when they worship money. You can see the picture now, right? The guy in the pinstripe suit getting out of a Range Rover, fancy pants, like, you know, Chanel shoes and stuff. Do, do Chanel make men, men's shoes? Anyway, he's wearing Chanel shoes in my, my mind. Beautiful Chanel shoes. So let's talk about what it means to worship something. If you worship uh, your career or money or cars, or maybe if you worship family or your kids or a spouse, or maybe you worship your own body, you love being fit and ripped and buff. Well, those things, those things are created. And the problem with created things is that they fade. They're not forever. They don't last. Money is an obvious one because when you worship money, you're worshiping something that could, that you can't take with you when you go and that could easily fade away and leave you. You know, it's easy to worship money, but then when it goes, it's like, wait, what am I worshiping? It's gone and you can be crushed. Same with career. You can worship your career and, and it is the center of your life. It is the pinnacle of everything that you think about and do and bam, you get fired. Then what? You're crushed. You're absolutely lost. You're, you are a metaphorical shell. You are emptied. Same with family, same with uh, your spouse and same with kids. It's a little bit more nuanced. Because when you place family or your spouse at the center or your kids at the center of your life, think about this. Just imagine that you have placed your spouse at the center of your life, aka at the pinnacle of your life, the most important thing in your life. The chances of you micromanaging, coddling and suffocating that person raise incrementally like crazy. As well as that, it's not a very uh, enjoyable thing for the person that you love to be placed right at the center of your life. That is a lot of pressure. And you see relationships deteriorate like that and from that all the time. So once again, when you place that person at the center of your life and they leave, you will be crushed. You will be a metaphorical shell. So the lesson is worship the creator and not the created. And that means I want to worship God. I want to worship the thing that created me. Um... Now, I'm not going to tell you what exactly that, that means for you, because then I would be preaching a sermon. Um, what it means to me is to then to worship God means to embody the highest admiration of God. So that means to act in a way, to behave in a way that um, embodies how much I worship God. Okay, anyway, I'm, I'm not going to go any further with the thing because I don't want to preach to you, like I said. But maybe that gives you something to chew on. What do you worship? And everybody does worship something. It is my belief that we are so often looking for fulfillment where there isn't any. Now, I'm totally aware that my career cannot fulfill me. Neither can money, neither can my family. Those can be amazing things, but when they're placed at the top, when they're placed at the top of your life, you realize they are not gods. And when they're treated as gods, you're putting your trust, worship, and faith in something that won't sustain or fulfill you. I, I am so often trying to fill 
the God-shaped gap in my heart with things that moth and rust can destroy and thieves can steal. And it's my ongoing attempt. It's my ongoing belief that I don't want to do that. I want to put my faith and my fulfillment outside of things that are created that can disappear overnight. You know, the thing about goals is that they're in the future. I'll say this to wrap up. The thing about goals is that they're so often in the future and so often your fulfillment in your life is based on something that is in the future. A future that may never come. You may die or you may um, have life just completely (laughs) change and you need to face and aim at different things. And so you're left unfulfilled because you want to achieve something in the future. So something that I've been thinking about in the last couple of weeks is to say, okay, I have this goal. And if I don't fulfill it, I will feel unfulfilled. I won't feel fulfilled until I get that goal that's in the future. And instead, I think that's a really hard thing to look to. I think it's really hard to hope in that for fulfillment. And so instead, I think I'd like to think about now. You know, I'd like to think about how am I now, right now? Like if I look at me right now, I'm like, I'm in this house. I've got this lighting set up. I've got food on the table. I'm drinking a delicious drink. Downstairs, there's people who love me. That is amazing. That's fulfilling. Even right now, as I talk to you, this is fulfilling. This is cool. Now, I want so many more things. Like I have motivations to go far and beyond where I am right now in my life. However, right at this moment right now, I am fulfilled. And I think there's a lot of power in that. And I haven't sat in that like I could. I'm often looking to the future to fulfill me. And well, what if my fulfillment was right here and right now? Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this little discussion thing. It really is kind of me discussing with myself in many ways. But I hope you've enjoyed it. I am looking forward to this year on the Zaddy Zone We're going to be still doing health and wellness, but less so. I'm going to try and mix it up. I'm going to bring on comedians and actors and directors, more sex people, because I know you love that, you dirty little minxes. It's going to be so much more of that. Um, So there's a lot of fun to come. And I hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Zaddy Zone. XOXO. It's Zaddy. Have you ever been an asshole, like a real asshole, and you've really like been amazed at how much of an asshole you are? Well, I want to hear about it. Tell me your stories. It can be about parenting or not. It can be about any moment that you've realized you are a terrible, terrible person. Right now, you can go to thelukecook.com forward slash hotline and leave me a message and tell me all about it. I want to hear the truth of who you are. Um, Just be aware that it can be anonymous if you don't say your name. Um... It will be used or could be used on the podcast. So I'm looking forward to hearing all about what a terrible person you are.